What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie, Hello. and myself, Mark. What up, y'all? You're I've, never going to get tired of no, that, No, I'm never going to not laugh. That's awesome. I'm not. It's great. You. Told you, it's awesome. My scar feels funny. Uh, with the hair growing in? Yeah. Like, you can't even tell there's a scar there. There's a huge fucking divot in the back of my head. Yeah, but you can't tell there's a scar there. Oh. Well, you gotta cut my hair. No. So. It's about that time. Yeah. It's due. It's itchy. And now I'm growing my hair back out. I know. Like, what, 20 fucking minutes after uh I cut it? You were like, I buzzed the buzzed it off, and I was tired of the long hair, and then immediately after... Like twenty fucking I, minutes. Yeah, like I went for after. my I went for my hair to like push push it back. And I'm like, oh my god, my <laughs> hair is gone. So it's gonna be another two years, but I am growing it out worse long. than a fucking broad. Yep. Oh well. Especially because I'm the one shaving mine. Mm-hmm. So who's got the pants in that family? Obviously not you. Shut up. Whatever. Shush. How long has it been since we recorded? A couple days. I feel like it's been like a couple weeks. No, it's been a couple days. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. We needed to pump this out, though. I know. I'm sorry. I'm starting to kind of, I think, figure it out. Like, time frame. Okay. Maybe. All right. That's good. I feel like I am. Probably not. Hey, whatever. That's good. Um, what are you doing on your phone? Uh, they're asking me for a schedule for tomorrow. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Tell them you're busy fucking recording. Leave you the fuck alone. I know. I know. <sighs> yeah. So uh, I brought up a podcast today during my short stint in orientation. Yeah. And... One of the guys was You're like, in charge of... I didn't do it, though. It was... Uh, yeah, but I'm explaining what orientation oh, is. Oh, you, I have in, to teach the new people. Yeah. Yeah, so... But they did it for me because of yesterday, because I was sick. Mm-hmm. So I had to do tax papers and stuff with them, because nobody knows how to do tax papers, including myself. Um, <clears throat> but I brought up the podcast for some reason. Yeah. I don't remember why. It was, you it was a random... Do? No, but it was like a random in passing, like... I don't know. But. I think because you always do. Every person we, we talk to, oh, we got to record. We're doing the podcast. I don't Even want... people who don't give a shit. I know. But I, that's what I fucking do. I go to work and I record. Yeah. So lay off me. Fuck. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish my story. No, finish it. Now you're. I don't like want to now. More than halfway done. No, I don't want to now. Oh, babe, come on. Mm-mm. Don't be like that. No. You're like that. 
Babe, finish the story. Seriously. No, there's no point now. Because now I feel stupid. No, Babe. So, I don't remember why I brought it up. I brought it up in passing. I was talking about you dying, maybe. I don't know. But one of the two was like, well, what's the podcast about? I'm like, murder. What the fuck else would it be about? Yeah. And the other kid was like, wait a minute. What's it called? And I told him, and he's like, I thought you sounded familiar. He's like, my old partner listen to you guys all the time he's like so i started listening to you i'm like are you fucking kidding me he's like no he's like she listened to you all the time in the fucking ambulance so then i started that's too. awesome yeah so the other guy's like which one is it because now i'm gonna listen to it he's like i listen to podcasts all the time yeah i'm like well now i have to talk about you guys oh uh, that's cool so yeah welcome new people yep we will ruin you <laughs> yeah. you only know one of them did his ride time with us so he kind of knows. Yeah. So. The other one, God bless. Yeah. He knows people that work there, so. I mean, he's got to know the, the good, the bad, and the fucking ride. ugly, you know. When it gets busy, it gets God. busy. Yeah. Shooting, stabbings. <laughs> yeah. Tis the season. God. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hit by cars lately. Yeah. Did speaking of like shit going on, did you see the Safe Act that Illinois passed? Yes. What the fuck? So now you can get away with second degree murder? Uh-huh. You won't get a, you'll be released yeah. after your pre or yeah, after your prelim. So, did we not notice the surge in crime when we went to no mm-hmm. cash bond? That's thanks to our governor mm-hmm. and thanks to the mayor. I mean, Pretty Chicago, soon here, it's going to be the fucking purge. Oh, it's, we're living, uh, my friend Vito said it perfectly, we're living in the cartoon world of South Park. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, like, we are. I mean, we're going to start hearing the purge siren. We are. Soon. So, if you don't live in Illinois. Thank God. <laughs> there was a law that's going to be enacted January 1st of 2023 and it's all these offenses that are now undetainable and one of them the highest one is second, second degree, degree murder. murder I'm sorry Which did you did you miss the word murder arson. you I, I, I a couple of them that I remember is arson um DUI DUI that burglary that, uh, I think ag bat. Which is what, babe? Drug-induced homicide. What? Yeah. And then second-degree murder. Oh, and then uh, th- and then it's funny. The last one is, like, the threatening of a public official. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Did you have to throw that in there because you know it's going to happen? Yeah. Jesus Christ, babe. But it's Illinois is going to be a fucking disaster. Chicago, uh, Chicago's already a fucking third world third world country. It is. So if you haven't been on the south side or west side, it's fucking bad. Well, and the amount of shit that happens out there and in the south suburbs that people just don't oh, hear yeah. about. The surrounding suburbs are just as bad. If yeah, if you're not familiar. Meanwhile. They had a fucking police helicopter out today. Yeah. For uh, armed robbery of a gas station. Yeah. Over on Wentworth. Yeah. Do you want to know what he stole? What? A Bic lighter. 
Well, if it's still robbery. The helicopter for a lighter? It, it's still robbery. I get it. So you're going to get a robbery charge. I get it. So In yeah. Cook County, you're going to get a robbery charge? Well, right? I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's a big lighter, but if it's... If he did it during the course of a I mean, robbery, don't get me it's wrong. I could use a big lighter right now, but yeah, I don't know. It's but, it's it's just it's fucked up. Yeah. There's so much stuff though that nobody ever hears about, even on like slow news days. I know. You know, you'll randomly hear a story about something out there. Yep. And then the story that you do do hear isn't the fucking worst thing that happened that day. Right. You know. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's gonna be. Interesting. Yeah. But, That's one uh, way to put it. Anyways, do we have any new Patreons? We do. I just had it up, too. All right. We have uh, Sammy. Sammy, thank you. Donna. Donna, thank you. And I, was it Donna that is? One of them requested uh, Christopher Vaughn. And I was like, ooh, we did that. Yeah, already. we did that. Um, Kisty. Kisty, all right. I believe I'm saying that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Diane. Diane, thank you. And uh, Sierra. Sierra. Maybe Sierra. That's what it looks like. I apologize if I'm wrong again. Mm. It's very pretty. That is. But I, yeah, I'm suck at words. You're trash. I am. I am. I'm <laughs> terrible at words. Yeah. Words. Yeah. They get me. My tooth really hurts, too. Mm. Sorry. Maybe I should have a drink. Maybe you should. Rip some of that shit on my gums. Join me. Fuck, man. Oh, my goodness. So, 63. 63. I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like a slack ass. I'm sorry, guys. No. You've been, a lot it, of, it's just been a couple of days. Yeah, just a lot of <clears throat> transitional shit going on at work and trying to get adjusted. And yeah, I think I mean, I'm getting there. Yeah, we're putting it out so fairly quickly. Football and, oh my God, the fucking, so football has a new spirit wear shop oh, this year. Oh, it's so good. Fuck you, Pop Warner. Like, Dude, I don't have so $1,000. I know, but we are going <laughs> on that. When Dude, I, when you were like, okay, we'll just hold off on till me, so we'll make one, one oh, order, babe. babe. I was so pissed. I was ready on one shirt. When like, I opened it up and it said twenty six sweatshirts, I was like, Oh, oh my, god. my god! I'm getting a shirt and a sweatshirt. I'm getting a, a hoodie. I want something out and, of every category, babe. The There's stuff is so and good. And the designs are so I good. I like that they made the one team, one family. The yeah. Design. I yeah. like that a lot. Uh, that is cool. So. But I like that they have so many choices. Oh, this my year. God. There's ugh. like before there were only three designs that you could yeah, get. Yeah, there was. There now, was. like you well, ch- choose from like you click on it. Yeah. And it's like a, a choice from tw- like 26, 10. I think. Uh, some of them. Something like that. You know that. why? Because last year it was like a mom and pop shop. But yeah. this year, because when we were with River Valley, it was much smaller. But now that we're with Pop Warner, yeah, it's, they have a, a, they like created this. Oh, when we're done with, shop. when we're done recording, we are going on that motherfucking shop. I need to go do some orders tonight. Then mm-hmm. I can deliver alcohol now. Yeah, you can. Which is good because that's going to pay for my t-shirts that I get all forty-seven of them. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you're a dick. You just got a t-shirt. What else do you want? 
Really? Uh, babe, I'm... Hat boy? Yeah, I'm gonna... Shit, I told you, I'm gonna get a hoodie and I'm gonna get a, a t-shirt. Hmm. I like the baseball cut shirts. Oh, the, like, three-quarter length the sleeve? Three, yeah, I, I like what, them. They call them jerseys on there, though. Yeah, and yeah. They, they have them where, you know, it'll say, like, Tri-City That's football. That's to be a dick, but do they have your size? Did you look? Yes, okay. they do. Wow. That, um... And That's then they come put a helmet with whatever number you mm-hmm. want. So oh, I saw them all. Yeah, so I'm going to get yeah. that and then a hoodie. I saw them all. Yep. It's bad. It's going to be so cool. Oh, babe, it's bad. We're going to have fun on there. Oh, man. All right, so what do you got for us today? Lori Vallow. Ooh, good. So I wrote a lot of it out because I, I learned a lot. I read a book, I listened to a book, I whatever. But I've I've listened to so much I feel like I know the story like the back of my hand, but there's so many like little details that I found out that I'm yeah. like, well this makes fucking sense. This makes fucking sense. Yeah. And then, ironically enough, yesterday it hit the news that her son Colby was arrested for yeah. sexual assault. I saw that. He uh was arrested for they are calling it sexual assault, but he's being accused of rape. And the woman that is accusing him has a tape recording of him admitting to it that yeah. he continued after she said stop. And I don't know how that'll fly. I don't know, but he, um, I, his mugshot, it like it looks so familiar, and I can't place it. It's driving me nuts. But it makes sense. Well, he's been through fucking. He hasn't. Well, I don't Come know. On, you're... The whole thing is fucking cuckoo bananas. Yeah. It's, ugh. yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, I did see that. That's yeah. Like that was eight interesting. people sent that to me. Yeah, <laughs> I got tagged in <laughs> so, it a, a couple times. Yeah. So. All right. I'm ready for this shit show. I got purple paper and I use purple ink. Should we do um, trigger warning? Trigger warning, like right off the bat. You think for this one? Hmm. Are we doing that now? I, I think we still should. Okay. Uh, so trigger warnings. Uh, child abuse. Molestation. Murder. Child murder. Yeah. Um, religious fanatics. Mm-hmm. A lot of God talk. That covers it, right? Just all around shit, shit oh, show. It, it, yeah. She's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So that covers it, right? Uh, yeah. You think That's so? That's good. Yeah. All right. That's good. Good job. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So on December 20th of 2019, Rexburg, Idaho Police Department publicly announced that they have officially opened an investigation into the disappearance of Tylee Ryan and her brother, J.J. Vallow. Uh, Tylee was the biological daughter of Lori Vallow, and J.J. was the adopted son of Lori Vallow, Daybell. They had not been seen since, since September. When Lori gave bullshit answers to police's, uh, the police department's questions, she served with a court order to produce the children in five days. The, quote, doomsday mom failed to produce the children and is not answering questions at all. On February 20th of 2020, Lori is arrested and charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. However, there is still no answer to the question, where are the children? Yeah. 
So, dun, dun, dun. Lori Noreen Cox was born on June 26, 1973, to you parents. Said Cox. I know. I you know when I was writing this, I was like, he's not going to shut the fuck up about it. <sighs> so, to parents uh, Janice and Barry in San Bernardino County, California. My dad used to say that California was the land of fruits and nuts, and I'm really starting to believe him. Yeah, a lot of shit goes yeah. on in California. Yeah, in the same like area ish. Yeah. Hang on, I gotta adjust. Better. Testing. Yeah. Okay. So um, she was one of five children. She had an older sister, Stacy, who died at the age of 31. A brother named Adam. Another brother named Alex, who plays a pretty big role in this. Um, a Another, uh, I believe it was a sister, who died in infancy. She was six weeks old. Mm. Followed by um, another sister, Summer. Uh, San Bernardino County was home to a large Mormon population, um, and it was, <clears throat> excuse me, they were members of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints religion. Mm-hmm. Now, how devote, uh, devout excuse me, the Cox family was depends on the source that you hear. Oh, this is loud, sorry. I just like the purple paper. Um, some say that they were a quiet, devout Mormon family. Others say that while they practiced the Mormon faith, And the children regularly attended the children's services. Lori's parents only occasionally attended services. Lori's mom liked to dress up and wear short skirts and high heels. And people would say that they just didn't act like other Mormon families in the area. Yeah. Uh, They lived in a large house in an affluent country club neighborhood. The kids were spoiled and got whatever they wanted. Um, Their parents had an issue with taxes. Didn't pay them? No. Felt that they were illegal. They shouldn't have to pay them. Hey. Her dad wrote a book about how taxes are not fair and how they're illegal and they shouldn't be paying them. And yeah, that might get the attention of the IRS. Uh, it did for years. Mm-hmm. Years yep. and years. So, um, in sixth grade, Lori's mom decided that she needed to be put on a diet so she could be a cheerleader. I feel like this is where it goes downhill. Yeah. Yeah, just... For- like nosedive, yeah, all the way down. I think you're um, right. Well, it gets a little worse because in seventh grade, Lori tearfully confessed to a friend that her brother Alex wanted to have sex with her. Jesus. Yeah, that kind of sorry that escalated pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. Yeah, just the um. Bit. So she said that he had been making um, constant and repeated sexual advances towards her, mm. and wouldn't stop. And friends would notice that he had an odd fascination with her. Yeah. And even in her thirties. Her friends would say that he had an odd fascination with her. Really? Yeah, he's a fucking creepo. Well, was. Wow. Because, spoiler alert, he's dead. Um, Yeah, just fucking weird dude. Real weird dude. So, um, a lot of her friends didn't really want to be around him because they said he was a fucking creep. Which yeah. he was. Um, so, Lori attended Eisenhower High School in uh, Rialto, California, which is in San Bernardino County. She became a popular cheerleader, just like her mom wanted. Hey. She had long blonde hair and long tan, long tan legs and was a flyer. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, those are the ones that get thrown in the air. Yeah. So um, friends described her as a Barbie doll, which, I mean, she's pretty, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so Lori actually didn't date until her senior year. And then when she did start dating, she started dating Nelson Yanes. Yanes? Yanes. Um, Lori also became more interested in religion the older that she got. She would attend seminary classes daily before school. She was devout, but it was nothing extreme. She was 
following the teachings of the church and you know nothing out of the ordinary just became you know attended daily she was a quiet sweet girl um her parents like i said really denounced taxes and at this point her dad released his book about it who fucking published that yeah by the way it makes me wonder like the the other one the terrorist cookbook or whatever who fucking publishes these things which by the way side note mark's book is now in editing Yes, it is. Just a side note. Just got so. notified. It's mm-hmm. another thing. So, Lori really wanted to attend uh, Brigham University, which was a private college owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, she graduated high school in June of 1991, and instead of attending college, she married Nelson in 1992. Hmm. Her mom said Lori just up and left at 18 to get married, despite them asking her to wait a year. Her family did not attend the wedding. She, Lori likes to get married. A, oh. a lot. Uh. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So the marriage was short-lived, uh, ending in a pretty quick and quiet divorce. It was speculated it ended quickly because Nelson was not of the Mormon faith and he would not convert mm. for her. Yeah. Um, however, she didn't waste any fucking time because she ended up getting married to William Lagoya on October 22nd of 1995 in Austin, Texas. They lived together for a couple years and got married when Lori was 23. Uh, the marriage was volatile at at best. Yeah. At, at best. Um, police were called multiple times, resulting in multiple arrests for William. Jeez. Um, in February of 19... Or excuse me, in July... Yeah, July 16th of 1995, Lori filed battery charges against him, saying that he um, hit her in the face. She had a small cut on her lip. Yeah. On February 12th of 1996, William threatened to snap Lori's neck if she ever called the police again. Jesus. Yeah. Now, this she's pregnant now at this point. Yeah. So, on February 13th, she filed, um, she filed a motion for an order of protection against William. She stated that she was the only one working. She was the only one paying the bills, and she was working as a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. She ended up dropping the charges and staying with him. Hmm. Which I don't know why. She doesn't really... Yeah. I don't know. I never judge. You never know. Yeah. You know? Um, on April 8th of 1996, Colby Jordan Cox was born. She did not give the baby his last name. Lori did not list a father on the birth certificate either. In November of 1996, <clears throat> Lori said that she escaped the apartment with Colby while William was passed out from a one-night stand. Man. I really tried hard to find out if the one night stand was actually in her apartment. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, you probably could have snuck out while they were doing the deed. You, I don't think you, you had to wait so? for him to fall asleep. Right. He seemed a bit preoccupied to me. <laughs> you think? Mm. So she fled to her parents' house in San Antonio and filed for divorce within a month. The divorce, however, wasn't finalized for like three years. So it didn't get finalized until February 22nd of 1998. On May 21st of 1998, her sister Stacy died from complications of diabetes. She was diagnosed a little bit later in life. Um, she did have a daughter, but she did not take care of herself at all. She yeah. went from one extreme to the next. Um, she would eat too much, and then, you know, her sugar would be too high, and then not she wouldn't eat, eat at all, yeah. and her sugar would drop. And it just, it really just shut her fucking body down. Yeah. 
So at 31, I mean, that's young. That's very young. Brother founder passed out on the the bathroom floor while the rest of the family was in Hawaii on vacation. They really have a fascination for Hawaii also, just so you know. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah, they really do. So Lori was working as a hairstylist, and while she was doing that, she met 43-year-old Joseph Ryan. Uh, The couple married on March 17th of 2001, and Lori and Colby both took on the last name Ryan. Uh, After spending most of his dysfunctional childhood in foster care, Joe really wanted to make sure that things were good for Colby. Um, He, his mom, so he had a sister who was significantly younger than him, and when the sister was two months old, mom had a psychotic break. Yeah. And dad didn't know how to handle it, so he dropped him off at an orphanage. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, now uh, Lori gets pregnant. And on September 24th of 2002, Tylee Ashley Ryan was born. Um, at some point afterwards, Lori told Joe that God told her that she was going to be a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> but she was. Nice. She went on Wheel of Fortune. Did she really? She won $17,000. Fuck On fucking yes. Wheel of Fortune. That's what I'm talking about. God, Hello. It's me, Margaret. Can you hear me? Like Supermarket what? sweep. Right. Fuck yes. <laughs> Babe, I would fucking kill it. Super- I would be throwing fucking frozen hams. Fuck Oh my yeah. God, we'd be fucking great at you, even in your chair. I know. I'd be I, like, fuck Dude, yes. we'd kick ass. So, after Wheel of Fortune, Lori's like, cool, I like the spotlight, and decided to compete in the uh, Miss Hayes, Mrs. Excuse me, Hayes County pageant, which she won. Which won her a spot in the Mrs. Texas pageant. Um, during the questioning portion, they asked Lori what she did. And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I work. And I'm basically a ticking time bomb. Honey, honey. What? No, no. Honey, sweetie child, booey. Yeah. No, no, no. What? No. Um, you know how many times that gets played? Because she's like laughing. I'm basically a ticking time bomb. Uh, we all are, but yeah. you don't say it out loud. Right. That comes back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. Like it does. Yeah. Um, she was eliminated in the final round. Oh. Something tells me that her ticking time bomb comment yeah. might have had something to do with that because the judges are like, oh, you're fucking crazy. Awesome. So now Colby would go on to say that Joe Ryan was not a great stepdad. Um, his sister Annie came out to visit to meet Lori and, and Colby, and she said that she witnessed Joe being rough with Colby. He bent his hand back too far. Yeah. And when she brought it up to Joe and Lori, they were like, yeah, and? Like, wh- what? Mm-hmm. So she said she left, and she didn't see her brother alive again. Wow. Yeah. Now, um... Colby would eventually come out and say that Joe uh, not only physically abused him, but sexually abused him. Yeah. So this is where it becomes um, sketchy, <laughs> maybe. Good word. Yeah. I'm, uh. So A clusterfuck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, hang on, I have three asterisks. Oh, not just one. Three. Not just two. Yep. So now, three. as her marriage to Joe started to fall apart, Lori threw herself into her Mormon faith, which was okay. Wasn't bad at yeah. this point. Um, 
But when she filed for divorce in August of 2004, it was the beginning of a very long and bitter custody battle. And by long, I mean like 12 fucking years. Yeah. Like it was obnoxious. Mm. So um, Lori, um, she went back to San Antonio to live with her parents and started accusing Joe of molesting both now Colby and Tylee. And she wanted full custody. Now Tylee's like two at this point. So... Um, she would tell people that there were pending charges of indecency with a minor and there was a criminal investigation happening in another town. And police in San Antonio believed her yeah. without investigating further. Mm. So they pulled Tylee. Like, he wasn't allowed to see Tylee. He yeah. had to have supervised visits. Um, she accused him of harassment of not only her, but her salon co-worker. She said he would drive by and, like, point his fingers at her like a gun. Jeez. That's harassment? Sure. I'm pretty sure I did that to you this morning. Yeah. That's harassment? Do that on the way out. What the fuck? I'll give you finger guns. Like, you know, please. So, um, Joe was only given supervised visits with Tylee. Um, They filed for divorce under the insupportability of, uh, so it, not, what is it usually like irreconcilable differences yeah so this was insupportability which means there's no chance that they're going to get back together okay it was also deemed a no-fault divorce so Mm. i'm pretty sure that if he was actually molesting your children yeah it it, wouldn't go mm, that way no mm -mm. yeah so he was ordered to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month in child support he had to carry the health insurance on Tylee, and then he had to have a life insurance policy with Lori as the beneficiary in a trust for Tylee, which is very, very common. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the divorce was finalized May 18th of 2005. Um, now, in late 2005, Lori again is cutting hair, and 49-year-old Charles Vallow comes into the salon for a haircut. Mm. Uh, she, Lori was 32 at the time. Now, Charles was a successful financial planner who was in great shape. He was also once drafted by the Houston Astros. Oh, really? Yeah, now pin that because you're going to want to know that later. Okay. Yeah. You'll know when I get there. Okay. Try not to burn the fucking house down. Tell everyone to stop bothering you on your phone. Uh, this was, it's shipped. That's what it is. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, So she really saw Charles as her knight in shining armor because he was successful. He was making about a quarter of a million dollars a year. Whoa. Oh, no. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Lori, shortly after the divorce from Joe Ryan, filed bankruptcy. (laughs) She claimed $724,000 in debt. What? Bitch, did you buy an island? What? What? Did you buy an island? And then said that she needed $6,000 a month to fulfill her lifestyle, including $500 in food. Do you not feed your children? What? You only need $500 for food? <laughs> right. You know how much fucking money I spend on groceries a month? Know, right? Are your children eating it's hot like dogs? double that. Oh, it's almost triple. I mean, I got big boys I gotta feed. I get it, but... $6,000 to live your life and only $500 well, for food? Jax did used to eat cold hot dogs. He did, but he ate 17 of them. Yeah. So, 
You know what? Someone from Pick the other day asked me if he still eats bananas like he used to. <laughs> he <laughs> Boy, does. He used to eat so much fucking bananas. So then um, it was also found out that she didn't pay taxes either, apparently, because her and Joe owed a combined total in federal and state taxes of $100,000. Again, I go back to the $724,000. Did you buy an island? Yeah. What, first of all... What did you buy? Does American Express give that much credit? I don't know. What the fuck? It's a fucking gold card. It's a fucking island. I don't... Babe, I don't know. Mm. Mm. So, now she's starting to get a little cuckoo bananas. Mm-hmm. Her way of meditating was to dance alone to Christian music. I do that, too. And her favorite 80s love songs. I do that, too. In a mirrored room? Yeah, why not? Okay, twinkle toes. (laughs) Yeah. She also started to think and say that Tylee was the reincarnation of her dead sister. Hmm, creepy. She also said that spirits behind the veil, which is a a Mormon thing, Mm -hmm. um... They were instructing her on how to live every aspect of her life. Creepy. So she was quickly moving from mainstream beliefs into her own made-up bullshit, is what I wrote. Uh, Charles was just coming off a semi-nasty divorce also from his uh, ex-wife, Cheryl. Uh, They were married for about 12 years. They had two young sons, and theirs quickly turned into a bitter custody battle because of Lori. Because she's fucking nuts. Yeah. Now... Cheryl was quoted in one source as saying that they were in court so often, the judge made sure to combine the days so they would all be to court together. Really? Yeah. When a judge knows you on a first name basis, we have a problem. That's that's an issue. We have a bit of a problem. So now Charles converted to Mormonism from Catholicism. Mm. And initially, Cheryl was very charmed by Lori. She thought this was great that, you know, Charles had found a, a nice woman who was religious and stable. And mm-hmm. and then she met her and was like, you're fucking weird. Awesome. <laughs> hey, um, you're cuckoo bananas. Because she asked her at a baseball game. So do you think I'm an idiot for marrying your ex-husband? Yes. Like, what? What kind what? of? What? What? Wow. Uh I think you're an idiot for asking me that question. Yeah. In public. Yeah. I, with bats around. I don't... Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So, uh, in July of 2006, Charles sent Joe an email. And it was not a very nice email. He tried to make it nice, but he was kind of a douche. Yeah. Uh, he basically said that uh, Joe was four months behind in child support. And... Sorry, I got a flip. Uh, that Joe called Colby an asshole and he shouldn't do that. And, you know, he just spent $65,000 in his own custody battle, so he won't spare any expense. Now, don't call Lori again. If the harassment continues, further steps will be made to eliminate the problem. Wow. I thought you were just pulling in your nipple, by the way. No, I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, He went on to say, quote, I'll take care of Tylee until you stand up. I let you pull on my nipples. Shut up. Cut our moms listen. So in August of 2006, Lori now took her accusations of the molestation to the police department. She went to the Hayes County Sheriff's Department and reported Joe um, saying that he had previously molested Colby and Tylee during their marriage. Um, Lori and the kids were interviewed at Roxanne's house, which is a child advocacy center, which is like a... What's it called out here? La Rubina. La Rubina. Thank you. Um, 
so Tylee, she's, you know, she has a forensic interview and she denies all and any accusations of molestation. Mm -hmm. Um, She was able to uh, appropriately describe her private parts and denied Joe ever touching them. Um, She said that when she did go and um, spend the night with her dad, she would sleep in bed with him because she was afraid of monsters. Mm -hmm. Um, In subsequent visits, she, one of the visits, she said that um, she was afraid to go to her dad's house because she didn't want him to be mad at her. And the, you know, the therapist was like, well, why would he be mad at you? And she yeah. goes, well, because what I'm saying isn't true. So, I mean, she's what? showing signs of being coached by her mom. Yeah. There was another point where she said that Joe did molest her. And when Lori came to pick her up, she says, see, mommy, I told her what you told me to. Uh-huh. She was caught taking pictures in Joe's house. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just fucked up. Now, Colby was also, um, he also had a forensic interview. Which, mm-hmm. it that's it, it. Can you explain forensic interview? Forensic interview is just basically, it's not the police talking to a juvenile. It's a counselor or someone who's trained in speaking with children. They're conducting the interview. They know how to speak to children right. correctly. Um, now that interview is watched by the police and possibly a state's attorney to see if any criminal charges are going to be pending. But um, it's just, it's a soft interview. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a soft interview. It's people who know how to talk to children. That's who's talking to children instead of the police. Were were you touched? Right, right. You know, that's basically what it is. So... Colby now went through his forensic interview and he said um, in graphic detail that he was molested by Joe Ryan when he was eight. Now, he also said that he had only told his mom two days prior, which obviously isn't true because she had been telling people since the divorce that he was doing this. So Lori ended up writing out a seven page statement saying that she found thousands of images of gay porn on Joe's computer. And that's why she left. Okay, it's gay porn. So he likes the wiener. Who cares? So he likes porn. Who right. cares? Well, well, exactly. It's not It's not child porn. Right. It, it's nothing like it. It was gay porn. That's what she said. Mm. Okay. He likes the wiener. Cool. Whatever. Leave him fucking alone. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She also said, though, that he threatened to cut her into pieces with a knife. Um, and that he showed, showed Colby a knife one day and said that he would kill him. And then threatened to disappear with Tylee. Now, people that know Joe are like, uh, I don't think so. He wasn't necessarily like a fantastic guy, but like everybody was like, he's not capable of of this. He worshipped his daughter. Like he just, he wouldn't do it. So um, when they called Joe to come in for an interview in response to this, he said, you know, let me talk to my attorney. And then six weeks later, his response came in uh, the form of a motion requested request requesting requesting Lori be imprisoned for 18 months for refusing him access to Tylee and violating the custody agreement. Um, Now, Joe's house was was searched. His bed and his sheets were seized and he was ordered to undergo a psychosexual exam. Now. We did another case where, oh, it was um, Susan Powell. 
Mm-hmm. They wanted Josh Paul to go for a psychosexual exam. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's So it's, it's a very extensive psychiatric evaluation, basically, yeah. to see if you're a sexual sadist and, right. you know. So now Joe went through this very, very thorough psychosexual exam, and they said that they found no characteristics, quote, of typical pedophile behavior. Mm. So he was cleared from the whole thing. Okay. So now... Um, January 10th of 2007, Lori filed a motion requesting a forensic exam of Joe's personal computers, stating that there was child porn on the computers. Yeah. So Joe's like, take them. Take take everything. I don't fucking care. Like, none of it's here. Take everything. So everything turns out to be unsubstantiated. All of it. Um, In March of 2007, March 25th, Joe filed a motion to have Lori, Colby, and Tylee all undergo psychiatric evaluations at Lori's expense. The motion accused Lori of physical neglect of Tylee and requested that her time with Tylee be supervised. He also stated that he felt Lori was a flight risk um, and at risk for international abduction of child. Now, on July 25th of 2007, uh, court-appointed therapist Vivian Lewis turned in her report to the court. Yeah. She was, uh, quote, deeply concerned with the situation labeled imminent danger of flight risk. She said Lori was a devout Mormon who has stated death would be a better option than given tightly to her father even for a visit. So they decided that to ease tension of the exchange, someone from the outside should pick up Tylee from Lori and take her to Joe. Now they would be meeting at the kids exchange. That's where Joe's supervised visits would take place. Yeah. Um, so now at this point, Alex had moved to Phoenix. So they're in Texas. He's in Phoenix. Now Lori denies any knowledge of Alex being aware of the visitation or the events that follow. Uh, Alex had flown to Texas for the first visitation on August 5th of 2007. After the visitation, when Joe was leaving Kids Exchange, uh, Alex confronted Joe outside of the Kids Exchange, went up to him and said, do you know who I am? This is for what you did to my nephew. He then pulled out a weapon and started chasing Joe. Jesus. Joe thought he was shot. He thought he shot him. Yeah. Uh, Alex actually had tased him three times um, and told him that he would kill him. The attack ended abruptly after a witness uh, saw it and called the police. Alex saw the witness and left. Now, it's been said by Alex's former fiance that Charles Vallow, the new husband, mm-hmm. was with Alex when this happened. Mm. It's also been stated that Lori was in the car with Tylee in the parking lot watching the whole thing. Jeez. Which I believe. Um, so Alex was actually indicted yeah, and charged I kind of believe that yeah, too. with felony aggravated assault resulting in serious bodily injury. Uh, Joe ended up falling and breaking his wrist and then was seen and hospitalized for chest pain later that day. Uh, he served Alex served 90 days in jail and had to pay $5,000 in restitution and was put on probation. Joe did not see Tylee again until September um, and then went on to say that from the ages of three to five years old for Tylee, that he didn't see her for one year and three months. Jesus. Now, despite the fact that all these accusations were uh, unsubstantiated, Lori continued to make accusations that Joe participated in sexually deviant behavior with Colby and Tylee. Colby would go on to say that Joe started, this is a bit much, I apologize. Mm. Um, 
Joe started sodomizing him at seven and a half years old and continued for two years and would regularly make him drink a jar of sperm. Oh. Yeah. Now, Tylee never made an official outcry like Colby did. So an official outcry would be, that's what they consider an official accusation. Tylee never made one, Colby did. Um, Now, Colby's allegations and Lori's allegations regarding Tylee were unfounded and dropped due to lack of evidence. So again, unsubstantiated. Now, the police called um, Colby's outcry suspicious due to inconsistencies and Lori's refusal to turn over Colby's mattress. Is that common? To ask for the mattress? The sheets. Because they took Joe's mattress, too. I mean, a mattress is a bit much. We would ask for the sheets, yeah, and which, we would that take makes the sense. sheets. Yeah. Um, of course, if there were no sheets, then, yeah, then you you're, take it, yeah. you're going to take the mattress. Police also believed uh, that Tylee was being coached. cut it out. Yeah, that's cut what around. I thought. So... Um, <clears throat> on April 9th of 2007, Cheryl, Charles, uh, Charles's ex-wife, filed an affidavit with court, uh, excuse me, with the court for support of extraordinary relief. The following day, she filed a request for a restraining order against Charles. This is a lot, mm-hmm. what she says. She fears for her children's emotional growth and mental stability when with their father. She said that her sons are at great risk for sexual abuse and narcotic overdose and or physical abuse while under the care and control of Charles. She wants possession of her children suspended under until the court places safety orders. Uh, because of the accusations during the custody battle between Lori and Colby, they are to have a psychosexual exam, which is discussed in front of her children, which she does not like. Mm. She says that her sons have made several claims of sexual abuse at the hands of Colby. Mm. Uh, Colby watches Lori and Charles have sex. They know that he's wow. there and they allow him to do it. Jesus. Colby would leave messages for her sons saying, quote, I miss the things we do at night. She also found uh, a provocative photo of four-year-old Tylee on her son's cell phone that was sent to him from Colby's cell phone. Uh, Charles is aware of the allegations of sexual abuse at the hands of Colby and does nothing to protect his sons. Um, uh, Charles' erratic behavior is evidenced by incoherent and drugged messages that he would leave for the children. Um... She also claims that they would force sleeping pills on her sons, that they would give him the give the two kids the green Advil yeah. and shove it down their throats is what they said. Um, Charles would also seek medical treatment for the kids that was not needed, uh, including an unneeded surgical procedure on one of her children without her knowledge. Mm-hmm. There was excessive fighting, including in the car where Lori was pulling on Charles's arm, uh, causing the car to swerve. Um, So now, because of her filing, it was recommended by the courts that Tylee be removed from the home or Colby be removed from the home. Uh, They said Colby could go stay with his grandparents and Tylee, if need be, could go to foster care. So that's how big it was. Now, on April 26, 2007, Lori and Charles were ordered to place cameras throughout their household. 
Interesting. They were ordered to put a motion-activated video recorder in Colby's room and the room of the two sons. The new house rules, according to the court, were as follows. You ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Tylee is not to have contact with her siblings unless in visual and hearing range of an adult. Tylee is to use the bathroom alone. No one is to sleep in Tylee's room. Everybody is to be apo- appropriately dressed at all times. Tylee is to have no exposure to sexual stimuli. And no one is to speak to Tylee about the case, the litigation, or anything sexual in nature. And the parents agreed to abide by Travis County's Children's Bill of Rights. It's got- what are you doing? Sorry. I was watching uh, the fire department and police department are cooking off or whatever mm-hmm. in Crete. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was watching the commercial for it. Is JP in it? He is. Yeah. JP's the chief of Crete. I, We've I'm talked aware about of JP that. before. So. Yeah. Um, so now on July 27th of 2007, Joe was granted a it's temporary. It's pretty cool they have a cook off. Let me just say that. What are they cooking? Sandwiches. Oh. But like, that's how you get morale up. Oh, yeah. For have sure. Have a cook off like that between the PD and FD. I mean, I would like to participate that's, by eating. That's how you get morale up. Kate, bring me food. Yeah, because what, whatever JP is cooking, it sounds fucking phenomenal. I bet you Kate's cooking it. <laughs> Probably not. JP cooks. Then she that. better fucking bring me one. She makes jambalaya. He make, does she make it or does he make it? He jambalaya? Makes the jambalaya. She does too, though. She, I'm she not cooks. I'm a fan of jambalaya. Um, anyways. I'm sorry. Joe was granted a temporary restraining order, giving him sole physical custody of Tylee until further instructed. Um, this restraining order would uh, make sure that Lori could not change Tylee's schools or pull her from school. Now, in court, they go to court for this, the jurors were under the impression that Joe had pending abuse charges against him, which he did not. Mm -hmm. They had all been dropped, but it did not come up in court. But because of this, Lori was given primary conservatorship. Um, Once it was revealed that there were no charges, Joe requested a second trial, and his attorneys had all of the jurors from the first trial sign written statements that had they known that there were no charges, they would not have given Lori full conservatorship. Wow. So the court ordered reintegration and visitation for Joe. Uh, Lori missed the first visitation because she moved to Arizona. Ah. It's a bit much. Yeah. They were supposed to stay within 100 miles of each other. Yeah. So much for that. Yeah. So at one point, um, Tylee starts complaining of head pain because Colby put her head through a wall. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So now Joe sends an email to Charles and he's like, listen, dick face. So you want to write, you know, shit to me. That's great. You spent all this money. But um, I talked to your ex-wife mm-hmm. and yeah, you're behind on child support uh, by two months. You're addicted to pills. Your kids are being taken away. Yeah. Like, who's the man now? Who who do you want to talk about now? Who's the man now? Who's the man now? Uh, in July of 07, so Joe was given overnight supervised visitation. So he's to have her from 10 a.m. on Saturday to 10 a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. Now, during the day, he's by himself, but a... Um, I'm all by myself. And I don't know what they got. An observer, I guess, would come to his house at 8 p.m. and spend the night. What? Yeah. So, because it was supervised overnight. Yeah. 
So obviously these molestation charges, there's no fucking merit to them. No. Because he wouldn't have this child overnight. No. Now this is when Lori starts doing fucking weird shit. She says that there's, you know, Tylee saw needles in the sink and she packs an overnight bag for this fucking child with diapers and it's weird shit. Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know. So it goes on and they fight and they fight and they fight. So now in 2002, fast forward, May of 2000, or excuse me, 2012, May of 2012, uh, Charles's nephew's girlfriend gives birth to a, uh, um, a baby boy who is 10 weeks early and addicted to drugs. Aww. Now his sister Kay and her husband Larry uh, are asked to take guardianship of this child, which mm. they do immediately because it's, job, it's their grandbaby. Larry, bless his little heart. Larry. He, oh my God. So he said that the first night they had him home, he was like super restless because he was still going through withdrawals. Yeah. So he basically like wrapped him up in his robe against his chest on his heart. So he did skin to skin with him and he fell asleep right away. So they were super bonded to this little boy. Yeah. Whose name was actually Canaan. That's what the parents Mm. named him. Um, but at seven weeks, Larry and Kay took guardianship of him and renamed him Joshua Jackson. So that's why they call him JJ. I gotcha. Now, the couple owned a transportation business that required their full attention and knew um, as JJ was getting a little bit older that there were going to be complications. And they, they really just didn't know if they had the time. Mm-hmm. So Charles and Lori offered to take guardianship of him. They wanted a child of their own. They figured this would be the best way to do it. So Kay and Larry thought this was the greatest thing in the world at the time. They said it was the happiest and saddest day of their life. Uh, in February of 2013, they picked up, uh, Charles and Lori picked up nine-month-old JJ and started the adoption process in Louisiana because that's where they lived. Uh, as JJ got older, he was diagnosed as special needs with uh, severe autism and had to be medicated for it. Now, by all accounts, Lori and Charles were very dedicated, devoted parents. Yeah. Everybody said Lori was a was a great mom, mm-hmm. basically, until she wasn't, right. you know? Right. So, um, <clears throat> JJ had a hard time adjusting. They ended up getting him a service dog named Bailey. Now, JJ would get up in the middle of the night. He would be restless, and he would go out in the front yard and take a walk at fucking four years old. Wow. So they get him the service dog, and the first night that the service dog stays with him, he sleeps through the night mm. and doesn't leave the house. So he has Bailey, his service dog. Um, Tylee was starting to come into her own at this point as a teenager. Um, she questioned her mom about all of her bullshit and didn't get along with Charles. Um, <clears throat> so now, at some point, they moved to Kauai. Mm. Yes. Now, Lori tells Joe it's because Charles got a job out there. It's a great opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So he he fights. He's like, no, you're not fucking taking Tylee to Hawaii. They ended up moving before Joe could take any legal action. And he kind of just resigned himself to the fact that he he lost his kid. He went downhill from there. He started drinking heavily. He got multiple DUIs. He lost his house. He lost his job. It was a whole big to do. So now they're in Kauai, and Lori's parents come out to Kauai, and they're living there, too. Charles wants to give Lori something to do, so he buys her a juice shop that she calls Juice Island. 
She pays a teenage kid to run it, and she never goes. <laughs> so, um, Lori and Charles presented themselves really as the perfect family. They started attending church out there. They made friends. Colby was bonding with Charles. Um, Lori became president of the Primary, which is a children's group at the Mormon church. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. She really threw herself into the church. Um, however, she started telling the women that she attended church with that Charles wasn't her spiritual equal and that she looked down on him for being a convert and he didn't really understand her beliefs and was holding her back. Because mm. she's cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah. So now Alex comes out to Hawaii to stay. Um, and all of her friends find Alex fucking creepy. Um, Lori goes on to tell her friend April, though, that Alex had made an attempt to kill her ex-husband. Mm. Honey, stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. What talking. are you doing? Stop talking. So, uh, April was pretty creeped out by Alex, so she's like, I don't know, like, if I believe it, because Lori would kind of talk a lot of shit, but he was weird, so, like, it could have happened kind of mm. thing. Um, she said that he lacked social skills and had an odd fascination with Lori, so see, even in her 30s. So this is around the time that Lori started talking about uh, Latter-day Saints authors, especially Chad Daybell. Uh, He was an author and a podcaster who really focused on the end times. Now, his beliefs are off the fucking wall. Crazy. Off the wall. He talked about the end times, but he also talked about reincarnation a lot Uh, and um, near-death experiences. Yeah. He said that... um, he he got dared as a teenager to dive off of something and his veil that surrounded him was broken and his soul was leaving his body through his head but his knees got stuck in his skull what so he didn't die but it opened up the veil so he could now talk to other beings otherworldly beings okay yeah alrighty then um your your knees got stuck in your skull. Right. I thought spirits like floated. Uh, uh, yeah. Couldn't you get past? I mean, they can get baby shoulders out of fucking vaginas. You couldn't get your knees out of right. your head. I don't, baby. I don't. They're weird. Yeah. They're weird. They're really fucking weird. Yeah, they are. So, because these aren't normal beliefs. Right. These are fucking strange. Off the wall. They. <clears throat> So, she was also listening um, and reading Julie Rowe um, after attending one of her conferences. Now, Colby at this point went to Idaho for a Mormon mission, and after experiencing some emotional trauma, he returned back to Kauai, and Lori was pissed. She said that leaving a mission early was considered dishonorable, and she was mortified and told everybody as such. So when he came back, Charles gave him an ultimatum. Get a job or get the fuck out. Okay. So he had a couple short-lived jobs at Ace Hardware and somewhere else. And when that didn't work out, he went back to Arizona um, and started college. Mm -hmm. He also met a girl. um, I forgot her name and I did not write it down. Sorry. But they got engaged and he took her to meet Lori. And she's like, hey, your mom's a fucking nutball because she's treating you like a boyfriend. Yeah. 
like Lori became very jealous and Ugh. yeah, like weird. And he's like, I just want you guys to get along. And she's yeah. like, well, maybe if your mom didn't think you were her boyfriend, like <laughs> we would. I would like her more. Just saying. They ended up getting married. Lori never fucking liked her. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> so now Lori's parents are continuing to have issues with taxes. Her mom is now you being think? yeah. Her mom is now being sued. They're saying that she owes three hundred thousand dollars plus in taxes. So she files an eighty-page um, motion to sue the United States for theft. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to go. It didn't work well, um, and they ended up threatening her with jail time. So she, yeah. her parents, moved back to Arizona. Within days, they followed. Now, Charles apparently kept a home out there still, but they all moved back to the the mainland is what they call it. Mm -hmm. So, Charles moved the family into a large upscale home in Chandler, Arizona, which I'm very jealous about in Arizona because where they lived is beautiful. Oh, it's Chandler? Chandler's nice. So now, April 3rd of 2018, 59-year-old Joe Ryan was found dead in his Phoenix apartment. Uh, a neighbor ended up calling the leasing office after his dog started scratching at the door and he smelled a pungent smell. Police estimated that Joe was dead for approximately three weeks prior to. Whoa. Um, Emmy ended up ruling the cause of death as a heart attack. Um, they didn't think there was anything nefarious, or, but they didn't investigate either, yeah. really. So uh, no one came forward. Like, or claimed him or anything along those lines. So the funeral home actually put a notice in the paper. But eventually, Phoenix police figured out that Lori was his next of kin. They called her, and she's like, cool, cool. I haven't seen him in two years. Mm. Now, they somehow had a key to his apartment. So her and Tylee went to the apartment and took a bunch of shit. Photo albums, like, just a bunch of shit, saying she didn't want the police to have everything. That about a bunch of shit. Yeah. So then the sister, Annie, finds out, and she's texting Lori, like, Hi, were you going to tell me my brother died? My, okay, so here's the only thing. You're texting Lori, Hey, my brother's dead. Were you not going to tell me? Yet, dude sat there dead for three weeks. Yeah. I mean, I don't talk to my brother that often, but I think three weeks, I mean, I would be like, huh, Three weeks, something's up. Is he dead? Yeah. Now, is that a normal thought process, or is that just me watching too much Dateline? I don't know. Right. But three weeks. It's like, you're bitching at her. Yeah. He was dead for three weeks, and then his ashes sat at the funeral home for like another month. Then what the fuck is the problem? Exactly. So now, here's the thing, though. Lori's like, oh, we're so sad. Do you want to come visit Tylee? Um, That was a football thing. So Annie's like, yeah, I haven't seen her since she was three, but let me fly out to Arizona and come hang out with you guys. Yeah. What the fuck? That's weird. Lori proceeds to tell her, like, yeah, your brother was a dick, didn't like him, Yeah, I'm getting money, and uh, yeah, the world's a better place without him. <laughs> what? Jesus. Annie ends up texting her daughter back home and was like, Lori is a fucking sociopath now. Mm-hmm. I'm coming home because I'm a little frightened. Mm-hmm. Lori then proceeds to tell her sister-in-law, Charles's sister Kay, that the same thing. We're getting money out of him. He's better off dead. Like, nobody fucking liked him anyways, obviously, because his family let him rot for weeks on end. And, you know, she's... She, Tylee's in the back seat. She's, yeah. Yeah. Your, your dad's a douche. How about that? Mm. Yeah. 
So now friends would later say that Lori would now brag about Alex's failed attempt at taking Joe's life. But then friends would come out later when shit started getting all weird. And they're like, yeah. So Lori told uh, my brother that she paid Alex to kill him. What? But there's no way to find out. He was cremated. There was no investigation. Yeah. They took pictures, but they didn't take any evidence. Right. So there's, there's no way to know. So now Lori wow. is progressively losing touch with reality. Mm-hmm. Um, she went on a podcast months after Joe was found dead talking about killing him. And how the scripture would allow her to kill him. That according Dude, to the scripture, the if somebody comes at you three times, you have the right then to kill them. Well, I have the right to fucking murder you in a, in, I mean, in a fucking three second. times this morning. Right. Come at me, bro. <laughs> like, what the f- What? Dude, what? And, and people would say that she would scour the Book of Mormon to find a, a biblical reason to kill him. That's weird. But she's on this podcast for like an legit what podcast. It, it's not on the air in, anymore. Um, it's called Prepping of People. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Um, I, she talked for an hour about how the scripture said that she could kill him, and you're either going to save me or I'm gonna I'm gonna commit murder. And honey, he 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 just died. Do you want to yeah. leave it be for a minute, dude? What the fuck? I, uh, um, So, uh, September of 2018, Lori actually meets Chad Daybell in person. She goes to a Preparing of People conference, which is like a doomsday prepper, you know. She meets him and she is instantly smitten by him. So he goes on to tell Lori that he is a translated being and that the two of them had been married seven times prior in previous lives in other worlds. Are you listening to me? I am. I don't think you are. Um, he also told her that she was a chosen one and God entrusted them with a special mission. This is how cults start. Do we notice this, this pattern? He also said that he was going to do a dark and a light. Is that your phone now? Yeah. Um, a, a light and dark spirit analysis and would end up telling her that she was a very bright light spirit. But Tylee was a dark spirit because she was tied to Joe Ryan. Now, because of that, he said that Tylee was a zombie. And to them, a zombie was uh, somebody whose soul was replaced by a dark spirit. So this is her child that he's saying this about. Yeah. Now, in November of 2018, Chad came to Mesa for a conference. He did come a day early to see Lori, and she invited him to stay at her home. You are blowing up. Um, He spoke of deeper mysteries and said that he had 31 previous lives. What? And that Lori had 21 previous lives. Okay. Isn't that fucking, like, what? It's creepy. What's creepier is that people fucking believed him. Right. You know? So he also said that the that the two of them were part of the 144,000 that would be saved and that they would lead this group of 144,000 through the end of times and the second coming of Jesus as the king and queen. Mm, sure. 
What? Yeah, sure. But, hmm. I want to be a queen. I want to be a king. Can I be a queen? Can I be a king? But he said that they had to find a place in Rexburg, Idaho, where the 144,000 were going to meet. Mm. And they were all going to camp. They were all going to uh, live in tents. But him and Lori didn't have to live in a tent because they, of they, course were, not. they were king and queen. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Then she tells her friend that he built a spiritual portal in her closet so they could communicate. And they would meet in this spiritual portal and they would kill zombies with prayer. Well, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? I, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> so, meanwhile, dude's married and has five kids. Yeah. So, obviously, he's, he's married. Of course he is, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> in January of 2019, he, Chad sent Lori an email talking about past lives and Nick Schneider... Okay. Now, Nick Schneider is the dark spirit who killed Charles and is now inhabiting his his body. Ah. Yes. So now, after this lovely weekend they spent together at Lori's house, she is now, like, pushing Charles away. And he ends up finding in her phone and her computer all these correspondence and videos. And she's now videotaping herself dancing in her mirrored room. She's obviously got some issues going on. Oh, you think? You you think? Yeah. So Charles's sister Kay was like, hey, dude, she's she's cheating on you. Duh. Everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. And Charles was like, no, no, no. She's not. No, she fucking is. So he goes on this business trip to Houston. While he's gone, she withdraws $35,000 from his business account, leaving him $7. And she steals his truck from the parking lot and parks it at a friend's house. She then calls him and says, this is what I've done. You are not Charles. You are Nick Nick Schneider. And if you come near me, I will kill you. Yeah, she's... She's out there. Yeah. So he tries to come home the next day and finds out that she has canceled his flight home. So he had to pay $600 for a standby flight, finds out that she really did take all of the money. And then he calls the police because he's like, I can't get a hold of my fucking kids. Mm -hmm. So over the phone before he flies home, they advise him to go to um, this community center and get a petition, basically a 72 hour Mm -hmm. petition. So he finally gets home. He goes, he gets the petition. He goes to the house and finds that not only is it locked, but she's changed the locks. Yeah. So he calls the police and the police come out and they're kind of douchey to him. Like there's, there's dash, there's body cam video of it. And yeah. he's genuinely concerned. Yeah. He, he is. He's concerned for the kids and he's trying to explain to the police like, you know, they told me to call you out here to serve this petition, basically. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm worried for my kids. I haven't seen them. And the cop's like, well, how long? And he said, it's been two days. And Charles is trying to explain, like, she told me that she's a god. Yeah. And that I'm not a person. And I'm a spirit. And she's going to kill me. And the cop's like, well, that's not a threat to kill you. Sir. And Charles is like, no, no. She said, I will kill you. Yeah. And the cops like, see now you're talking like LDS terms, and I I don't I don't know what that means. What? How about she's fucking crazy, and I want you to get in the goddamn house? Yeah. So they finally what the fuck? 
fuck? Yeah. But like you said, the cops, like, he's kind of douchey about it. Like, that is a douche. The guy's, he's he's genuinely concerned about his kids. He's like, she called me last night. I, I don't care if she said she was going to kill my spirit being. She's got my kids. I don't yeah. know where they're at. Like, she's going fucking nuts. Right. She's lost touch with reality. Obviously, if I got this petition. Right. Serve the fucking petition. Right. So they end up breaking into Save the house. Save your comments for later. Right. Just serve the fucking thing. So they break into the house and find out that all of his shit is is gone. Is gone. <laughs> she packed up all of his shit. Yeah. So in February of 2019, he files for divorce. Um, <clears throat> he ends up withdrawing the filing because he wants to be with her and he wants his kids and he wants them safe. Lori ends up taking off for 58 days. She doesn't tell anybody where she's going. Yeah. She just leaves for 58 days. Needed a vacation. I guess. <laughs> I wish I could take Can a we do that? 58 days. How day do we do vacation. that? But she didn't she didn't tell anybody where she was. She didn't call. She didn't Yeah. Nothing. Same. I, I want to do that. Where the fuck do I sign up for that? <laughs> right. And who's $35,000 can I take to do that with? Right? Please. Somebody? Shit, I ain't got it, so mm. fuck, I, I'm out of the loop. So she proceeds to tell Charles that, you know, she's a god, and she's no longer Lori, he's no longer Charles, and take the kids, because I don't want them anymore. Take wow. JJ, I don't want him anymore. Take Tylee, I don't want her anymore. I have, I have better things to do, basically, is what mm-hmm. she said. So now, she's living in a house that he's renting for her. And he's helping with transportation with the kids and everything like that. He went to um, go pick up JJ for school. Goes in the house to get him. Puts him in the car. Realizes he forgot his phone. Goes back in the house. Sees Lori going through his phone, which she fully admits to that she was snooping because she thought he was cheating. Mm-hmm. Ma'am, you have a burner phone with your yeah. uh, portal boyfriend. Yeah. Like they legit got burner phones. Dude. You couldn't talk through the portal in your closet? You had to get a phone? Salamala, halamala. So he goes in. Lori's on his phone. She's like, what the fuck? You know? So he's like, give me my phone. She refuses. They get into an argument. Her brother Alex is staying with her. He comes out and he's like, what the fuck? What are you guys fighting about? Mm-hmm. And Charles is basically like, uh, I will murder you. Mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Tylee comes out with a fucking baseball bat. And Charles takes it and he's like, no, little girl, no. It's yeah. not going to happen. Alex says that after he took the bat, Charles hit him in the head with the bat. Now, Alex says that Lori and Tylee and JJ were gone when this happened. Lori comes home and says, no, no, we were here. We, we saw it all. So they did not converse right. at all. Right. They take JJ to school. That's what Lori did. She took JJ to school, supposedly, and came back. So now the fight continues, and Alex says that he goes into his room and he gets his gun. Mm -hmm. And because he's in fear of his life and his property, he comes out of his room and he shoots Charles. Yeah. He kills Charles. Okay. The cop's like, so you didn't just stay in your room and shut the door? Like, why wouldn't you just stay in your room and shut the door? Yeah. He obviously let you go away from him. Yeah. And then he's... I get the cop's point. Oh, yeah. What? What? What do you do? He let you go into your room. Yeah. Stay in your room, dummy. Yep. Well, he's walking around with this towel 
and he keeps dabbing his head and like dabbing it and looking at it and dabbing it and looking at it. And he's like, he hit me in the head with a baseball bat. No, he didn't. You fucking liar. He played for the Houston Astros. He would have knocked your fucking head off of your shoulders with a metal softball bat. Yeah. He didn't fucking hit you. You're a lying sack of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, Charles is dead. Alex wow. says it's self-defense. The cops are like, yeah. okay, yeah. Wishy-washy. It's, it's self-defense. Whatever. Yeah, it could kind of go either way. It could. Which I understand because they have one side of the story and they have yeah. multiple people siding with Uncle Alex. Here. Yeah. So on their way back from the police station, Lori's just chit-chatting about where Tylee's going to go to college and this, that, and the other. And the police were actually called again later that night because um, Lori had a pool party and it was loud. So the neighbors called the police. What? Dude, she needs some help. She had a mother fucking pool party. She's out there. Mm-hmm. Like, She's a space cadet. She she needs some serious help. Uh So in September now, Lori moves to Rexburg, Idaho. This is where Chad Daybell lives with his wife and children. And this is where... Why didn't anyone offer her help? uh, Babe, he he tried. He got fucking shot. Charles was the one who was like... He tried to fucking petition her. And the cops were like, she didn't threaten to kill you. No, no, she did. She ended up going in for an eval. Now, I don't know how it works in Arizona because it's an involuntary petition. You're fucked for 72 hours. You're stuck. As I found out. Right. Now, in Arizona, apparently, you are evaluated and then they decide whether or not to stick with the 72-hour hold. She was evaluated by a psychiatrist and released. So you know you're fucking crazy because you hit it long enough to get out of this. Yeah. (sighs) So she goes to Rexburg, Idaho, because this is where the second coming of of Jesus is happening Mm -hmm. in in a field in fucking Rexburg, Idaho. Her brother Alex comes with, moves into the same apartment complex. So does her niece, Melanie. They're all in the same apartment complex. Um, Now, Chad Daybell's wife, goes on Facebook one day and says that she was getting groceries out of her car and this man came up behind her car with a paintball gun and tried to shoot at her, but it wasn't loaded. Mm -hmm. And she was going to hit him with her freezer meat. Okay. Which, swing that steak, baby. Swing it. That'll leave a mark. Mm -hmm. Ten days later, she's found dead in her home. What? Of quote-unquote natural causes. And the family denies an autopsy. Wow. She's cremated. Wow. Oh, wait. I lied. She's not cremated. I'm sorry. I apologize. She is not cremated. But they decline the autopsy. Wow. Yeah. So two weeks later, Chad and Lori get married. Two weeks. Dude. Two weeks. My mind is like blown Oh, it gets better. So... They ordered, um, the the police find that a set of wedding rings were ordered off of Amazon, off of Chad's Amazon account. Hey, same. Yeah, right? Awesome. Love Amazon. Uh, Except, do you want to know when the rings were ordered? Hmm. 17 days before his wife died. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's um, premeditation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Alex ends up marrying 
some chick from the church, mm-hmm. some some older chick, at the same time that her niece Melanie remarries. Now, <clears throat> somebody shoots at Melanie's ex-husband, driving Chad Daybell's, or excuse me, uh, Charles Vallow's Jeep. Yeah. He's dead. Why do you have his Jeep? Yeah. Driving around, just chilling, whatever. So Melanie's new husband is like, they're all fucking crazy. I'm going to die next. So the police are like, cool, will you wear a wire? And he's like, yeah, I will. (laughs) Until halfway through the day, he's like, honey, I'm wearing a wire. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm wearing a wire. Let's just move on. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. Yeah. He didn't get fucking murdered? You off Charles, but you don't off him? Dude, what? He went on to say later that it's it was the same thing as... This is the dumbest explanation ever. When you're in a dark room and you're looking at a chair full of clothes and it looks like a person, but you turn the lights on and you realize it's not a person. Sure. It's like that. When things are explained to you, it, it, it all makes sense. Oh. No, sir, you don't make sense. Right. No. Mm-mm. No, no, no. <laughs> So, Alex ends up, within a week of being married, he is found unconscious on the bathroom floor of his new home by his new stepson, who doesn't know his fucking name, who calls the police and says he thinks it's his mom's boyfriend (laughs) on the ground. Now, the tax screen, I couldn't find the results of. It's... was not public for a very long time. But I did read in one source that he possibly uh, died of blood clots. Okay. So, in October of 2019, two Venmo payments were made to Colby from Tylee. He thought they were weird. The text messages that came with him didn't sound like her. He wasn't sure what was going on. He couldn't get a hold of anybody. Couldn't get a hold of his mom. He's like, eh, something's something's not right. Mm-hmm. Now, the month prior, JJ had been pulled from school. Lori said that she was homeschooling him and that she was already homeschooling Tylee, so why not just homeschool them all? Um, Tylee was last seen September 8th of 2019 at Yellowstone National Park with her brother, JJ, and her mom, and also Uncle Alex. There's a picture. She wasn't seen since. JJ was last seen on September 23rd of 2009 in a doorbell cam um, of him playing with his friend. Mm. So now Chad and Lori, they fly off to Hawaii. Man, they like that that Hawaii. In November, two weeks after the death of his wife, um, they told people in Hawaii that Tylee had died in 2017 and that Lori had no other minor children. Mm. Did you forget about JJ? Apparently. What happened to him? Where'd he go? Eh. Eh. Where'd he go? Meh. What what are you doing? So now, Kay Woodcock, his, um, Charles' sister. Woodcock? Woodcock. I know these names, babe. I know. I shouldn't have fucking said it. So she decides to do a welfare check because she hasn't talked to JJ in a while and the last time she talked to him on FaceTime he was obviously being coached because he was looking over the iPad and then was like oh, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. So they go to do this well-being check on JJ. They knock on the door and they're like well where's Tylee? Well she's with a friend. The friend says no she's not here. 
And they say, well, where's JJ? Oh, he's with his grandmother in Louisiana. And the cops are like, hmm. So that's who called for the well-being check. So he's not fucking there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't know where they are. What? And then there's surveillance video of them packing shit and putting children's belongings in a storage unit. All righty then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now they're in Hawaii. They're flitting around. Whatever. They're doing great. Now, Rexburg Police and Fremont County Sheriff's Office have now um, gotten the FBI involved. Because mm-hmm. they're like, we can't find these kids. And mom is literally telling us, I don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know. You can't answer that question. When a parent starts saying that their kids are in one place and they're not, or they don't know where they are, it's because they have killed them. Yep. There, there's no other fucking explanation yeah. for it. It's not like Leah going from Starbucks to Target and me being like, I don't know where she's at. Right, right. She's literally telling the police, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know where they're that's at. That's bullshit. So they search the abandoned home because obviously they're in Hawaii now. And then they search Chad's home and they don't, they don't really find anything. However, now they're looking into Tammy's death. That would be Chad's wife. They exhume her body. Oh, wow. So that's why I apologize, saying she was cremated. She was not cremated. Um, They exhume her body for autopsy, which they don't find anything. That Mm -hmm. they publicly announce. Yeah. So now this is where they come out and say, we feel that Joshua and Tylee's lives are in danger. The children are not with Chad and Lori. Lori knows where they are or what has happened to them, but she has completely refused to assist the investigation, choosing instead to leave the state with her new husband. That's how they announced their... Jesus. Now, they obviously retained an attorney immediately and gave a statement within days saying Chad Daybell was a loving husband and he has the support of his children in this matter. Lori Daybell is a devoted mother and she resents assertions to the contrary. We look forward to addressing the allegations once they have moved beyond speculation and rumor. So now the police find out about this storage unit. And when they go in, they find, obviously, Tylee and JJ's belongings, clothing, bikes, photographs, shit that kids are going to want. Right. Where they fucking live. Right. Now, on February 20th of 2020, Lori was arrested by the uh, um, Kauai. Why am I saying that wrong now? Hawaii. Yeah, sorry. Police department in Hawaii and charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children by prosecutors in Madison County, Idaho. She's also charged with three misdemeanors, um, resisting or obstructing officers because she keeps saying, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Criminal solicitation to commit a crime because she's now saying she paid her brother to kill her ex-husband and contempt of court. She was originally held on a $5 million bail and uh, did agree to be extradited back to Ohio. Once she was there, the judge lowered her bail to a $1 million. And on May 1st, she appeared for a court hearing in Rexburg to request a reduction of her $1 million bail. The judge went, "Mm, get fucked. No. Um, There were two bond companies that the family approached to get her out, and the bond companies were also like, Mm, get fucked. Good. So she sat. She sat in jail. Um, 
On March 4th of 2020, NBC News was the first to release documents showing that Chad and Lori were convinced that Tylee and JJ were possessed and had become zombies. Yeah. Uh, June 9th of 2020, police execute a search warrant at Chad's home. This is where they discovered human remains buried in a pet cemetery in his backyard. Jesus. Uh, it did. They did later determine that they were the remains of J.J. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. Chad was booked into jail later that day on obstruction or concealment of evidence, but was eventually charged with felony murder. On June 10th, his bail was set at $1 million. And on July 2nd, prosecutors dropped two of the charges against Lori. The two counts of felony desertion and non-support of dependent children, because mm-hmm. her kids are dead, obviously. Yeah. They instead charged her with obstruction or concealment of evidence in regards to her children's remains. Um, Lori uh, was at some point found unfit to stand trial. She, they, wow. they said she was mentally incompetent, yeah. which uh, I call fucking bullshit. I don't think she's mentally incompetent. I think she knows what the fuck she's doing. I don't know, babe. She's she's got no, a lot of issues. I don't I don't think she's mentally incompetent at all. I think she knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. She knows exactly what she's doing. She wanna get rid of her kids, she got rid of her fucking kids. She said that she didn't want them. Yeah. So they ended up during this time, they served her with an order telling her to produce her children. And she had five days to do it. She didn't produce her children. So that's what resulted in her arrest. Mm -hmm. She literally answered, I can't hear you. And I don't know. (laughs) When they asked her where the kids were. I I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Dude, she's she's she's, out there. I think she's just good at acting crazy. She might be, but I don't know, babe. Now, where they found... I think she's got some issues. um, I don't know. Tylee was found um, in the the Daybell's Pet Cemetery. This is the home he lived in with his wife. And they believe that nine months prior when he texted his wife that he was burying a raccoon, that he was in reality burying Tylee. Yeah. So. So they're charged with first degree murder. Because of COVID, everything has been put on hold. Right. Um, now, I have to look because I didn't write it down. If I'm not mistaken, um, it she was found competent now at this point, but the trial has uh. been pushed back because of uh, COVID. Yeah. Now, in June of 2021, though, she was also charged with conspiring to murder Charles Vallow. Mm. So they did charge her with that, and that's when she was found incompetent. Now, incompetent, mentally incompetent. Okay. Um, so Chad Daybell is also in jail. His children support him a hundred percent. What? They say that this is all Lori's fault. That she brainwashed him, and you know she's being framed, or excuse me, he's being framed. And I mean, they've they've been on national TV saying this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, in April of two thousand and two, she was found mentally competent to stand trial. So, she was. Um, She refuses now, at this point, she's found mentally competent to stand trial in April of 2002. She refuses to enter a plea 
on the murder and the other charges. So the judge entered a, a not guilty plea on her behalf, mm-hmm. which apparently they have to. Mm. If if the defendant refuses to enter a plea, the judge has to enter the non guilty plea on their behalf. Oh, okay. Because innocent until proven guilty. Right. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's whatever. news to me. Yeah. So <clears throat> she does qualify for capital punishment. Good. I I mean, you know how I fucking feel about that. Um, They said that they are going to seek the death penalty because the uh, murders were exceptionally depraved and carried out for financial gain, which is what makes her eligible for it. Wow. Now, the last time they were in court was August of 2022. Um, Her attorneys went to the judge to ask the grand jury to reconvene to... um, decipher the conspiracy charges they said that the conspiracy charges are oddly constructed and could confuse a jury um that she pled not guilty to murder conspiracy and grand theft in connection with the deaths of the children but she was also charged with conspiracy to commit murder so they felt the jury would be confused and they want the charges changed it doesn't say what they want them changed to just that they want them changed Interesting. So she is still in jail. Both of their trials are supposed to begin at the beginning of 2023, which is insane to me how long everything takes. Yeah. And now her son was arrested the other day for sexual assault. That's insane. So that is very yellow. I I can't believe you don't remember this. I do. Oh, I do. Oh. But yeah, she. I don't. I don't think she's fucking crazy at all. I think she knows exactly what she's doing. I mean, I think you she's think? cuckoo bananas, but I don't clinically. No, I don't think she's crazy. Really? No, fuck no. Uh-uh. Ugh, I don't know. I think she's. I think she's nuts, and I think her beliefs are fucking out there. But as far as being mentally incompetent to stand trial, you knew what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. You said your kids were zombies. You knew. Yeah. I don't clinically I don't think she's crazy. I think she's really good at fucking pretending that she's crazy. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Mm. I know how I feel. Fucking strap her ass down. I see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel. I I think she's out there and I think she needed help and she wasn't given it and I think it just spiraled out of control. I mm, I don't know. I, I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. I I mean, you know how I am. Like yeah. we're we're very strong advocates for it and it's reminiscent of Andrea Yates and mm-hmm. I don't think it's the same. I do not I d I don't I, I don't think she tried to get help. Like Andrea Yates tried to get help and she was pushed aside. Yeah. They tried to petition her and she went in front of a psychiatrist and was released the same day. She knew what to fucking say. You know, it's hard to get an involuntary petition. It's very hard. In the state of Illinois, it's hard to get an involuntary petition. Yeah. So to get an involuntary petition and then have a psychiatrist basically wipe his ass with it three hours later, like, that's a big fucking deal. She knew what to say. I don't know, babe. When I was at the hospital, I mean, there there were some psychiatrists there and psychologists that they're just going through the motions. Yeah. No, which I 100% understand, but... Nobody, it's not like anybody but Charles tried to get her help. She was in a group of very like-minded people. Yeah. 
they followed her beliefs and they followed Chad's beliefs. And I, I mean, mm. I, I don't, I, do I think she's out there? Absolutely. Clinically? No. I think she's really good at faking it. Mm. You should say, like, she's just, just the way that she acts. Yeah. It's just, it's not, I don't know. I think she's just evil. Oh, she's evil. I think she's just without a doubt. Just a, a shitty person who wanted to be with somebody who she shouldn't fucking be with. Yeah. And I think he was along the lines of like the the preacher for money. Yeah. You know? I think he was full of shit too and he knew it. But he he loved it. He was writing books and he was getting popular and going to book signings and then he has this blonde who is is the woman of his dreams is what he described her as. So he's yeah. going to do anything he can to be with her. True. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't think she's clinically insane. I think she knows exactly what the fuck she's doing. Well, that was a good one. So. I, I don't know how I feel, but uh, that was definitely interesting. So it was a good one, babe. Hmm. Yeah. Do we know what uh, we're doing for our next one? I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, we're going to have to discuss it. Yeah. So. I We haven't had a conversation in a week. I know. <laughs> so. so. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hey, baby. I think we're married. Hi. Yeah. Hi. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this one was good. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Uh, thank you to our new Patreons. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon too and have ad-free and access to all episodes, go to www.patreon.com forward slash death do us part number one. And you, Sorry, I didn't mean to throw my phone down. You should be sorry. I had to bribe somebody to work tonight. Oh. And I have to, what I bribed him with, his partner doesn't believe, so he needs me to call her and tell her that he's not a lying sack of shit. I gotcha. <laughs> so. Oh, man. All right, guys. Uh, why don't you do our our feeds where people can find us at? Didn't you just do that? Yeah, but I think we should do it after every show. But didn't you just, like, literally? I did Patreon. Oh, Ew, you're getting shitty. Well, you're we're coming at me. Well, yeah. How's it feel when somebody's not paying attention? Hmm. I always pay attention. You don't pay attention to dick. <clears throat> so we have a Gmail. Uh, dduppodcast.1 at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, which is dduppodcast under... Or, excuse me, ddup underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. We have a Facebook, which we have Death Do Us Part Podcast and also JM Cash. Mm-hmm. And Twitter, I cannot remember off the top of my head to save my fucking life right now. So. All right. I'll have to write it down next time. Hey. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. It's a lot of jumbling going on up there. Yeah. I hear you. So. All right. Thank you guys again. And we will. <gasps> I know which one I think we're doing next. Don't spoil it. I'm not, because I can't remember the name, so. Ah, even <laughs> I could, better. I couldn't fucking spoil it if I wanted to. Even better. <laughs> I suck. But thank you, guys, <laughs> and we will be talking to you very soon. Bye. Bye.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.